Okay, so we are now live. So, I'm Craig Roldan, and welcome to this podcast. Today, we have our are all privileged to have Craig Campbell uh, with us. So, yes, the popular Craig Campbell. So, one of the best SEO strategies we look up to when it comes to digital marketing. So, welcome to my podcast, Craig. So, how are we doing? All good. All good. It's early, early um, on a Saturday morning here in the UK. But, yeah, all good, fresh. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yes, uh, thank you too. So thank you so much for having time for this interview. Uh, I appreciate it. All the viewers appreciate it. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor to be speaking with you. So before we start with our interview, and for those who don't know Craig yet, uh, let me just give you all a little bit of background about Craig. So he is a Glasgow United Kingdom based SEO expert who has been doing SEO for 18 years now. And at just 23 years old, Craig Campbell started the process of turning his intrigue and passion for the budding SEO industry. So, guys, uh, did you know that our tonight guest is an actor? And he appeared in The Rain Has Stopped in 2009, playing a big part in the film. And it was Craig's first appearance in a movie and was filmed over a six-month period. And also, I, I watched that movie, Craig, and I really like it too. And you know what, guys, uh, during the lockdown and COVID pandemic period, uh, he, he increases his followers uh, to 45,200 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And uh, as he provided free courses, uh, work, and a lot of tutorials for free, guys, uh, for free. And he's also a digital marketing speaker and enjoyed speaking at conferences and events in uh, one of that, uh, one of is uh, Xiangmi SEO, is that right, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, SEO, uh, search leads, and F NFG rock stars, and more. So, okay, so without further ado, uh, let's get started with my, um, with my first question. So can you please tell us how you started with your SEO journey, Craig? Um, so I first started, I had crap jobs, uh, I worked in, call center i've worked in shops i've done all this other bullshit work and hated it i left school i didn't have any real qualifications i didn't know what i wanted to do and i was lucky enough that seo was starting to become a thing and i was in a sales job and it was a quiet place that i worked in i was just playing around with the website and stuff like that um, trying to learn web design but I was really bad at web design if I'm being honest <laughs> really bad um, so I kind of you know couldn't pursue that career much further but you know shoveled over into um, SEO and started to learn SEO on forums and stuff like that there wasn't YouTube Facebook or anything like that out there there wasn't groups or a wealth of information. So for me to learn SEO was either reading a book or playing around in a forum and listening to what the top guys at that point were saying. And I probably spent five years of my life just messing around 
not really understanding what SEO was. I tried different stuff that didn't work. Um, and then uh, I started to develop the, the knowledge um, that people don't always tell the truth. Because I was quite a young guy and I just believed everyone and uh, then started to ask myself questions and be like, this, this just doesn't sound quite right. So I just started testing stuff and things went on. And uh, But yeah, it all started from there. I was in dead-end jobs looking for a way out. And uh, I was lucky enough that SEO was within its infancy. I love the internet because I'm 40. But when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have the internet. So when the internet came out, when I was like 17 or 18, I became very quickly obsessed with this new thing called the internet anyway. And because of that, uh, I was always trying to look for a way a way to spend more time online. And uh, yeah, and I'm still here today. So I've done something right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Craig. Uh, you mentioned you have uh, 17 staff working for you in Glasgow. So I just want to ask, because I'm very curious, uh, how you properly manage your agency? So in terms of 17 staff, I don't have 17 staff anymore. I have six staff in the office. Um, previously, um, when I had an agency, I had 17 staff. And I didn't manage the staff that well. That was the problem with with the the agency that I run. Um, I didn't have enough time to manage the staff, run the business, and do the SEO. And I would say that's a potential failure um, when it comes to SEO. That was a big, big mistake that I had. And any time I speak now, I'm telling people. You know, manage your staff, train your staff, give them processes, all of that stuff. Because I didn't, but, but because I didn't do it, doesn't mean I was doing the right thing. My agency done reasonably well, but it wasn't a well-run operation. If I could turn the clock back, I would do everything differently. Um, and <clears throat> so, in terms of staff management, I don't want to sit here saying I was the best at it, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done that because I didn't, and uh, what you need to do in order to manage teams of staff, regardless of whether it's 5, 10, or, or 50, you have to have the right processes in place for these staff to do the job. Um, the processes are the key to the whole thing. You give someone a good process, they follow those steps, and that's it, job done. Someone's obviously got to be quality checking what they're doing. So there's also got to be a person or a process for that to happen. Um, but it's all about processes and, and SOPs. And that is something I, I didn't sadly have. Um, I was just fucking around and uh, doing everything the old-fashioned way. Everything was stored in my brains. I was in the middle of it all. And it was just an absolute mess. And it's it's a that was a recipe for a heart attack or something like that because of the stress was was so high. So don't do it, Maui. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, you're everywhere as well. And yeah, I really like how you compete with uh, Christopher Palmer uh, regarding the CTR or click-through rate manipulation. So 
can you please uh, tell us more how we can improve it for our website? So anyone will understand if you send traffic or engagement to a website, it will move the rankings, whether it's your GMB, whether it's your YouTube video, or whether it's a page in your website. Um, now, I've tried over the last year, every bot there is out there, bots don't work that well. What you need to do is send real traffic, real people to the website, the video, or whatever you're trying to, to rank well. And that is where I have now got a, a formula that, that works well for me, and that's Facebook ads, um, micro-workers, and any other form of, of traffic that you can get at a low cost. And at the end of the day, we want to try and keep costs down, and that's why, as I say, I suggest Facebook and maybe target the Indian audience, you know, for people in wet, you know, the Western side of the world, because it's a lot cheaper than it would be to target, you know, Americans or people even in the UK. Um, so it's sending real people to the website to get those engagement signals um, and that traffic on your pages, and it works very, very well. So it's as simple as that. There's no rocket science behind it. Send real traffic to your website that's going to obviously send traffic that's relevant. You don't want anyone hitting on it, so you've got to have... You know, people that are interested in SEO or whatever, if you're sending it to your video. Um, but what you don't want to do is, is you know, just send any old traffic. That's where people say, oh, this shit doesn't work. I've got to be kind of targeted, but you can think outside the box and maybe send Indians or Philippines or Thailand or anywhere else in the world that's low cost traffic. You can send that. So um, that is something I would always recommend is make sure it's real traffic that's the key wow so i'm i was blowing away with our discussion with you, Greg. so actually i'm also writing down uh those things that you're said <laughs> in regards to click to rate as well so yes uh can you please uh tell us more oh hold on uh someone asking for a question here so okay so one okay so checking it now okay so one of the question uh, this is one of my students, so he asked, uh, what are your best on-page SEO techniques, Craig? I mean, there's, there's nothing I can tell you that you don't already know. Um, you know, using, you know, I've got a process for on-page, so what I'll do is I'll use something like the SEMrush SEO content template, or I'll use POP or Surfer, one of those and I'll analyze the top 10 search results for a search term. That then gives me an idea of whether I need to write 500 words, 1,000 words, 2,000 words. And at that point, it will also tell me that there may be three or four um, header tags on there. There may be this or that. So I'm going to optimize my content in the same way that the competition are optimizing theirs because why do we look at the top 10 search results we look at that because that's the at this at the moment what google currently loves so you can use these tools to identify what you need to do rather than just putting a bit of content out there and hoping for the best 
you'll have some kind of structure and it will tell you, you know, you're going to need a, you know, a thousand words for this particular search term. Now, what I do is then put that up. I will see where it ranks and then still fine tune it. Um, and I don't just follow the tool blindly. Um, I think, you know, adding stuff in yourself, adding uh, whatever you feel works best, you know, tweak it around. Um, you know, for me, it's all about putting it out there, adding your internal links, making sure that you're powering up, you know, other relevant pages where possible on your website. Um, obviously, the page has got to load fast. That goes without saying. But make sure that you you match. A lot of people don't match the user intent. They just go off looking for something for that particular search term. Make sure that that content is specifically about that search term and nothing else. Don't fuck around and you know, start waffling about other stuff that's not that relevant. Um, try and keep your pages super relevant and match the user intent. Now, people say, what does that even mean? What's user intent? Now, if I'm going to do something like buy links or something, you know, as a search term, then I want to make sure that that content is about buying links and offers value and also has the commercial intent of selling that person a link as well. Um, there's no point in me talking about buying links and then going on to talk about I also do a bit of CTR and I do free courses. That That's not relevant. Um, so I think people get lost and it's because they overcomplicate it. They don't do the simple things properly. So, you know, in terms of content, you've got tools there to help you optimise your content. You don't need me to tell you that there's something special that also goes on because there's nothing special Optimize your content and do the basics right. It will take you so far. Yes. So yeah, uh, guys. So make sure also you publish high quality content for your uh, website and make sure to add original content as well for your articles uh, in text, images, or in video. And also, uh, it's very important to add content that is useful, as as what uh, Craig said right now. So guys. Uh, if you have more questions, you can just ask here because we are live. I uh, thank you for 1,997 people who are watching now. So, Craig, uh, what are your top technical SEO to do in 2020 or in and in the coming year? Um, again, there's nothing groundbreaking I can tell you. You know, you've got to make sure, <clears throat> got to make sure that your website fast. You know, that's the first thing. Um, you know, a good internal linking structure, don't, you know, regularly, I would always say regularly audit your website, make sure that you're not serving 404 pages and all this stupid stuff, make sure you've got a good solid internal linking structure, yes. you know, in terms of other technical stuff, add schema, you know, I think adding schema where, where relevant is, is also something that allows you to, you know, get featured snippets and drive a you know, a whole lot more traffic, which in turn manipulates that click-through rate and engagement. So, you know, I think schema, schema is something I've been quite lazy with, to be honest, and something that I'm starting to implement now. Um, and, you know, it's just because it's a pain in the backside to do. You know, manually adding schema, who the hell wants to do that crap? But if you do it, 
and you you're grabbing all these kind of featured snippets and, and and whatnot and you know then at that point you're getting more click through rate and engagement so you don't have to worry about going to pay for that traffic engagement you're getting the extra traffic because you're implementing some technical stuff which is schema onto your website and you know out with adding your content there's not much else you can do to a website from a technical point of view um you know got to keep it simple and a lot of people are not doing the basic properly that is the problem so people say well i've added content so that's that's me done like go add schema make sure it's fast make sure that you know you've got the right calls to action make sure you regularly audit your website make sure that google can crawl and index all of your money pages now if you've got a big website um or you've, in, you've bought a website or whatever do also check that people have not been blocking certain areas of the website from being crawled or indexed. You know, that happens regularly on e-commerce websites and stuff like that. You know, you've got crawl budget and, and you know, people try to play around with that type of thing. Again, keep it simple, let Google crawl what they need to crawl. Obviously, if you've got product variations or something else, filter those out. You don't want that stuff being crawled and indexed. But other than that, you know, there's nothing, again, groundbreaking that I can tell you. For me, a lot of people come back saying, ah, oh, SEO doesn't work. And you look at their website, their, their website's full of duplicate content. <laughs> they have an internal link. Uh, you know, and they say, I've tried everything you said, Craig, so what do I do next? <laughs> and uh, for me, the problem with everything is people are just missing a lot of those core basics or they're focusing on something that's not there and that is the problem people are looking for me or you or someone else to give them a special trick there is no special trick that that's the worst thing there is no special button that we press to, to rank a website you've just got to put in a bit of hard work and, and graft and that's it yes absolutely you are correct so schema guys are very important as well. So uh, your website speed uh, faster is better as well. And you need to have your mobile friendliness as well for your website. And uh, Craig, uh, you, uh, you mentioned uh, during the website auditing, uh, what's the importance of regular auditing your website? I mean, regularly auditing your website will highlight any issues. Now for most website owners, including myself i don't i'm not the only guy that works in my website you know other people are working on it i've got content writers i've got staff who go in there and add stuff for me and sometimes people just forget things they they forget to click something they forget to do a redirect whatever it might be and websites is something that's constantly changing now <clears throat> if you don't do good housekeeping like auditing your website once a month or once a quarter or whatever it's the same equivalent of not cleaning your house you know if you don't clean your house it's going to get filthy and things are going to start to break and stuff like that clean your website is just general housekeeping fix any kind of broken links fix anything that that falls off you know or, or someone forgets to do a 301 redirect or whatever it might be do that because if your door handle was falling off your door 
you're going to get the joiner to come and put a new handle on. You know, you've got a guy who cleans your windows. You've got a guy who you know, maybe hoovers your car or whatever. So you will go to that length to clean your house. Okay. But you do not bother your backside with your website. So that's, you know, when your website is your main income. So treat it like it deserves to be treated, uh, not like something that you just leave derelict and lying there for years on end and you don't update it, you don't clean it, you don't, you know, even things like every time you add a blog post to your website or you do it, WordPress is saving a revision every time. So your back end of your WordPress is bloating away out every time you add content. Do people ever really clean that stuff up? No, they don't. Um, you know, there's, there's plugins that can help you do that, like WP Rocket or whatever, you know, but it's just general housekeeping. And as I say, it's like the equivalent of getting into a house and someone just doesn't empty the rubbish and they just pile, pile all the shit up in the house. One day someone's going to come in and say, what, what's going on in here? This is a mess. This is garbage. What, what you know, and... You know that's your house. You're not. You have to treat your website like you would treat a house. That, that's my opinion. Yes. No. I I agree with that uh, one, Craig. Craig. So Rahesh uh, has a question here. So I want to know what are the on-page SEO tactics or steps for a website. So that's what he said. I mean, the biggest thing you can do website is build links. You know, link building is a big, big topic now. Obviously, I can't. I could spend five hours talking about link building strategies and and stuff like that. Now, the two main concepts of SEO is your content and then you've got your link building. These are the two biggest ranking factors, if you ask me. Um, now, link building can be anything from citations, you know, if you want to, to boost your GMB listing. Um, it can be on directories and various things like that. But you've then got guest posts, you've got people who use PBNs, you've got people who use expired domains, you've got outreach, you've got all sorts of weird and wonderful tactics. And these tactics really depend on the need that you're in. Now, if you're a plumber and, you know, somewhere in the, in the Philippines or something like that, I'm going to assume that is not that competitive because competitive in the Western world anyway. Now, if you were in gambling or a casino, you're going to have to up your game and use more aggressive tactics. So what are the off-page tactics? It's link building. How much link building? How you do that link building? Whether you build a tiered link building structure or whatever really depends on the niche that you're in. So I can't tell you specifically what is good for you. I know that a link is a link and link building is very, very important from an SEO point of view. And there's so many guises to link building, you know, whether you automate some of the tiered link building process, you know, you know uh, to, to buying guest posts from different suppliers, doing outreach yourself you know it really comes down to you but what you need is good quality high authority links from relevant websites that actually 
send traffic to 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 your website as well. Um, how you do that? Whether you take the guy out on a date and ply him with bottles of wine to convince him to get you that link, or whether you pay for it, or whether you, I don't know. You know that that is the how do we do this properly? You need to convince the other guy to give you a link. Most people are convinced by money. Some people, you know, get convinced in other ways. Take them out for a steak, take them out for a beer, you know, just ask them politely. Some people may help you. Um, so you have to focus on that. All right. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, actually, you are correct uh, because uh, links are still backbone of organic search and therefore uh, still plays a massively important role and earning links. Uh, from uh, credible sources or resources remains one of the most influential factor to foster a strong organic search performance. So uh, right now we have a question here. Uh, do you still do directory listing for local? Is this going to make a difference for a newbie in SEO? Yes, for I want to make it clear. I do directory listings for the Google Map listing, not for anything else. Now, when it comes to local SEO and the Google Map listing, it's a different algorithm. They're looking for something different. They're not looking for links and content. You don't even need a website to rank a map listing. So in terms of a map listing, what Google are looking for is consistencies of your name, address, and postcode of your business and putting these on powerful directories is the way to help your local map ranking rank well. Um, so that will make a massive difference. The, the question you're asking here, is that going to make a difference? There's a lot of traffic that goes through those Google Maps and you doing those directory listings is certainly going to help you beat the competition. So yes, it will help you. Um, but bear in mind, the, the same method doesn't work for organic search. The, you know, it's, it's a different game altogether. So building crappy directory listings to your web page, if you want to rank organically, is the worst form of link building. It is the lowest of the low and really not going to rank you. So I just want to make that part clear that there is a benefit if it's used properly towards your GMB. All right. So, wow, guys, I'm blown away with all the answers that Craig provided to us. So, Craig, uh, you mentioned uh, link building and content is important for you in off-page SEO. So, uh, how you set up link building outreach campaign? What tools do you use? Um, so, I mean, you've got to use something like SEMrush, Ahrefs. You've got to analyze the competition. Now... The easiest way of building links is to look at the competition, see what they've got, and try and replicate that. Now, if I see you and you're ranking alongside me and you rank really well and, and all that stuff, I'm going to see what you're doing and I'm going to see if you've got a link from SEMrush, you know, wherever, search engine journal, any of these things. And I've got to try, that's the bar that I've got to try and beat. So I can then figure out how I'm going to get a link from SEMrush or the search engine journal or whatever it may be. Now, it's not a case of 
reaching out to same Russian saying, can I have a link? They'll tell you where to go. Now, you've got to think outside the box. And I know you've done this, actually. You've reached out to them, Rush. You want to appear in a webinar. Um, and that is potentially going to get you a link. Now, I'm not saying you're doing that just to get a link. You're doing that because maybe you want exposure, you you want to be involved with ZEMrush, whatever. Um, so don't always think that links come from just asking for a link. I've spoken at a lot of conferences, so I'm going to get a lot of different links from different websites. I do a lot of webinars. I post a lot of videos. That all constitutes this link building as well. It's not a case of looking at someone and saying, right, they've got a same rush link, let's go out and buy one now. It doesn't work like that. So there's going to be certain links when you analyse the competition that you just simply can't get unless you go on a webinar or, you know, do whatever. Um, but you've got to cherry pick the best that you can get um, and try and reach out. You know, you can use MailShake um, to reach out to people. You can use... Um, a number of other tools, including Pitchbox, which is the creme de la creme of outreach tools. So Pitchbox can do a lot of stuff for you. But you, you've got to analyse first, and that's where you would use SEMrush or Ahrefs. Identify the websites that you want links on. You're going to have to reach out to them. Now, people might not reply to you. That's just part of the game. People may say, Nah, I'm not giving you a link, but if you want to write a blog post, I might give you a link. You know, you start negotiating. Um, but don't think that's all there is to it. There's guys out there who do outreach on a daily basis. You can simply go and buy links. So there's guys out there who have got massive lists of websites who do outreach all day, every day. And you can simply reach out to them and say, listen, that guy's got this, that, the next thing. Do you sell that stuff? Can I buy some? How much is it going to cost? Um, and you can just pay for that to happen. Now, people say, don't don't buy links, it's bad. Google doesn't know whether I pay this guy or that guy for a link. Now, there's a guy out there who builds websites, for example. He's a web designer. Um, now, Everyone outsources their work to web designers who can't be bothered doing that part. It's too hard or too difficult or they don't have time. It's the same with links. Go out and buy links. Use a guy who does link building all day, every day, who's got all the tools, who does all the analysis, who has all the contacts, and things just happen a lot quicker. Now, what I would the reason I'm telling you this is, if I was to advise you to go set up a mailshake campaign and reach out to everyone who who um, links to Matt Diggity, for example, um, you may get two replies. Now you may have spent you may have spent fifty hours of your time setting that whole thing up. Now, what better use of your time spending that fifty hours to get two links or just paying someone a couple of hundred bucks to do the same thing? You need to also remember your time is valuable to your business and sometimes things are best being outsourced. So you can outsource your link building as well. Um, but as I say, if you want to do it yourself, if you are a newbie, analyse first using same rush or eight graphs, then outreach or figure out or use common sense to say, 
how does this guy get this? You know, if you go to Shanghai SEO and you see that I've got a link from that, it's because I spoke here, not because Matt Diggity hands out links every time someone someone reaches out to him. It's because I spoke there and I spent the time traveling to Thailand. I deserve that link. You don't because you know you didn't go there. Um so if you want that link, you're gonna to have to get your ass up and go and speak at Shanghai. Um so as I say, analyze the competition, but also bear in mind, use common sense to identify. How did he get that? What did he do to achieve that link? It's not always just a link exchange. Um, but doing outreach or buying guest posts is certainly a good place to start. And I'm sure, I'm not sure who the best vendor is in the Philippines, but I'm sure there'll be guys out there who sell guest posts on a regular basis. Um, it might even be you. So, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but that's a good place to start. Yes, so thank you for that, Craig. Uh, so, yeah, uh, okay, guys. So, you need to analyze your competitors in SimRush first. And then you can use Ninja Outreach for finding opportunities. And also, if you have a budget, you can use Pitchbox. And personally, I use a Hunter.io to get email address. So, one, one of the questions here, uh, should we add website name in our post title? No. Why, why would you? Um a post is about a specific subject. So my next blog post might be about CTR manipulation. Why would I mention my website name there? It's not relevant. My homepage targets my website name or my name. I don't need to repeat that process in every page and post in my website. So absolutely no. All right. Okay, Greg. So, what are your uh, what you're working on at the moment, right? Um, so I just do affiliate marketing and I buy and sell different websites. Um, now, people say, "What kind of websites do you buy?" <laughs> it really doesn't matter. What when I buy a website, what I'm looking for is someone who's shit at SEO, who's taking the website as far as they can take it, and then I will add my own mix to it and then flip the website on at a profit so normally looking for someone naive or just really good at content and i'll step in add links to the mix and then flip the website on for five times the money that i paid for it it's as simple as that and uh, you know i'm looking for opportunities like that whether it's you know e-commerce SaaS, it really doesn't matter I invest a lot in websites that are buying and selling websites and that's something that i find quite easy to do it stops me from working for clients because i feel that with the experience i've got in the industry why do i need to work for clients i don't like i can just identify opportunities invest money in something and make double treble the money just by adding my own process and my own strategies to the mix and uh, for me, that is something that I'm big into just now. Um, so it's more about making any money that I've made work for me. Um, so it's just all about investments and doing affiliate marketing. Um, everyone has different angles that they have, um, whether it be doing client work, whether it be doing whatever. Nothing at all wrong with doing them. I just don't feel 
that at this stage in my career, that dealing with clients who don't understand the SEO is the best use of my time. Um, you know, I find it quite stressful and um, talking to clients who you know don't want to give me any money, they don't want to spend the right budget, they don't they don't want to do this and that. So um, you know, for me again, I do a lot of training courses as well, consultancy. So again, if someone doesn't want me to do the job or they don't believe I can do the job, then I can consult them. And you know, if they feel they're better at it, then I can consult them on that. And they might be better at it. I'm not saying that you know I'm the best in the world and 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 whatnot. You know, you can consult people and and you know work that way so or train them or whatever so whatever suits the client basically um i can still work with clients on that level but uh what i can't do is take someone's happy little budget that that just doesn't allow me to compete and and make it compete you know it's impossible if a guy gives me 200 bucks to do something that costs two thousand pounds i'm going to massively fail the same way as everyone else um <laughs> There's just not enough money to buy content or links. So it's, uh, it's, you know, and there's no point in doing that. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, there is no special button here. So that's why I've always tried to steer away from, from clients in the recent years because nine out of ten clients are not spending the right budget. You know, there's so many SEOs out there underselling stuff, you know, saying they'll do SEO for 200 bucks a month. Like, what the fuck can you really do for 200 bucks a month? Like, you know, you'll be, you'll be lucky to be able to buy the content you need for the month for that. You know, even from someone before run through POP or, or Grammarly, you can't even afford those tools at those rates. So, you know, you're just going to get a pile of dog shit for 200 bucks. And that's the, the truth of the matter. There's just a lot of dog shit ACOs selling shit ACO. And I don't want any part of it. So, um, yeah, if people are wise enough to come to me and say, Craig, fuck, I've been robbed blind off of this guy, that guy, that guy. Can you show me what actually works? It's at that point I'll step in and potentially train them or help them or consult them because uh, some clients will just never listen. <laughs> yeah, you are right with that. So, actually, yesterday I, I saw some comment or I saw some post in regards to uh, fifty dollars, uh, fifty dollars rate per month, asking for SEO uh, work, and I said, "What the fuck? Why fifty dollars?" <laughs> I guess uh, he's an Indian person, so yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Um, one question here, uh, Craig. So, is it possible to rank a website without paying expensive tools like SEMrush or Ahrefs? Um, yes. It is if you know what you're looking for. Um, now, you can simply Google something, any search term, and you can see the title tags that your competition are using. That's a great place to start. You don't need these tools, but it's what these tools also do when it comes to auditing a website. Now, you can do everything manually. These tools just allow you to do things faster, quicker, um, and stuff like that. Plus, you know, it gives you an indicator in, in terms of the search volume that a particular keyword's got. So 
we can rank a website if you use common sense and you don't use the tools. We can just use common sense approach to keywords, go after the keywords that people are using. Um, you would have to manually check your website or, or use a free tool like Screaming Frog to audit it, make sure you've got nothing broken. So yes, the answer is yes and no, but what I'd say to anyone is, do you really, you know, for $99 for STEM Rush or whatever, do you really want to be doing all the work manually? Like auditing a website or doing keyword research or competitor analysis or backlink analysis or any of that stuff. But you can reverse engineer everything manually. You know, this stuff's all scraped from Google and put into a nice dashboard for you. So you can potentially do it on the cheap. But for what these tools cost, I, I think... Again, you've got to value your time. You spending 10 hours manually researching the competition or spending 10 seconds pushing a button and saying, Rush, what's the best use of your time? Is that time worth 99 bucks? Um, and, you know, you might spend another 10 hours researching another competitor and another competitor. And at that point, if you calculate your time against what same Rush costs you, um, you know, same rush is not actually expensive at that point. So, um, but yeah, if you don't have the budget at the start or whatever, um, there are free tools out there that you can look at. You know, auditing tools like uh, Screaming Frog allows you to do up to 500 URLs. There are cheaper keyword research tools. Um, there are cheaper ranking trackers. There's cheaper everything. What people fail to forget is, the likes of SEMrush or Ahrefs have 40-plus tools within them. People are only using a small part of SEMrush and saying it's not worth the money. But you can schedule your social media posts from SEMrush. You can do site audits. You can do disavows. You can do all sorts of stuff, you know, backlink gap analysis, keyword gap analysis, comparing it to the, the top five competitors. And, you know, it gives you a list of keywords that you don't have that these guys do. Think, try and not think like that. Um, try and try and get some form of tool to do the research for you because, um, and as I say, I'm not, I don't care whether it's same or HRS. They're just my tools, of course. They're the industry standard tools. But, you know, there are free tools out there that, that also can give you some data. So, you know, and I, I've been there. I've also been there where, where I've not had big budget, um, you know, and uh, had to scrimp and scrape and, and try and use one tool and, and all that stuff. So um, don't feel the, the peer pressure to, to have to get all of these tools to do your research. You can do it all manually. All right. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people here, Craig, uh, and in my groups, are in the e-commerce industry. Uh, can you provide us expert advice to get organic traffic for our website? An e-commerce industry? Yes. I mean, whether you're an e-commerce or whether you are an Amazon affiliate marketer, the methods don't change. It's content and links and optimizing stuff. So whether you're, you're an e-commerce, the only thing that really changes in e-commerce is that you potentially run into more problems because you've got a product page, for example, and you might not want to put hundreds of text on it. <laughs> um, but 
you know, you can go after long tail keywords for your product pages. You can create landing pages for the, the more competitive keywords. Um, it's just about getting the right structure right for e-commerce because I get it on e-commerce websites, guys who sell product don't want 600 words of content on there. So you have to work around that and create a landing page. You've got to create a structure on that website that works both for you and for Google. And you can't take that away, you know, content, links, structure, internal linking, all of the stuff that we've spoken about today all goes into an e-commerce website as well. Um, the, as I say, the only thing or the only thing I would probably highlight is you need to be more technical when it comes to an e-commerce website. You also, also need to be aware that if, for example, you're selling black shoes, and they come in a size five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't need the five, the, the six, the seven, the eight, the nine, and the ten product variations being called an index by Google. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that you're filtering all of that stuff out. You just need the black shoes to, to be called an indexed. Any of the other variations is going to add another part to your URL. And you don't need that stuff to be crawled and indexed. And nine times out of ten, when I look at an e-commerce website, that stuff is being crawled and indexed. Now, Google has a thing called a crawl budget. Now, let's just hypothetically say that it's a thousand pages. Now, I know there's websites out there that have got hundreds of thousands of pages indexed. This is just an example. But hypothetically, saying you've got a thousand pages in your website or a thousand URLs, Google might only give you a crawl budget for 70% of those pages. So 700 pages or URLs can potentially get crawled and indexed. Now, bear in mind, when you add to a website an image, it creates a URL. Bear in mind, when you add a product, it adds an extra URL any variation, any search filter, anything like that adds another URL. Now, if Google is only going to uh, crawl and index 700 of those and you've got a, you know, a, a clunky website and it's index, crawling and indexing all your images but not your products because it's run out of crawl budget, you've got a problem. So you want to make sure that your crawl budget or Google is crawling and indexing the pages and the products, the product pages on your website, because if you're allowing it to catch all those other kind of search filters and everything else, then those might be getting indexed and your main money page is not. So you need to make sure that you bear the crawl budget in mind, keep your eye on Search Console, see what is getting into the index and, uh, and work around that. And obviously you can obviously stop certain pages get you know getting crawled and indexed and that is probably the key one tip i can give you for an e-commerce website is just think of it like that do i want all of those search filter all those search urls um being crawled and indexed or do i want my money pages being crawled and indexed and very often you will find that e-commerce website you know some of the money pages are not being crawled and indexed and whether that's down to crawl budget or whether it's down to poor internal linking um, 
you know, it could be a catalogue of different things, but you need to make sure that those pages are being crawled and indexed. And secondly, when you do e-commerce, you're going to get product descriptions from a supplier, most likely. Unique content is key. Content is king, as many people have said for many years. Make sure that you rewrite those product descriptions um, because they ain't going to get indexed, crawled and indexed if you've got a supplier's list uploaded on there through a CSV file. That's another failure, massive failure that I see happen all the time. All right. Yeah, so to all my students out there, guys, are you taking note? Okay, so one last question, Craig. So advice for people who want to start an online business. Advice for people who want to start an online business. Uh, I would do research um, on the industry you're in. Now, I've failed with many businesses, um, and I'll give you some examples um, I once dived into the Amazon affiliate niche and bought a website where the average product value was about £20. Um, now, my process was to outsource the content and outsource the link building. Amazon commissions are now at 3%. I think they were at 6% when I bought the website. Um if you're going to dive into affiliate, make sure you don't get a pro an average product value of £20. Make sure you're going for something that's worth £100 or more. Look for a high-ticket item because it costs you the same money for the content and the links. So it doesn't matter whether you're selling a £20 T-shirt or a £200 T-shirt. Go after the £200 T-shirt because... For that to be worth your while and for you to get any kind of money, you have to be looking at high-ticket items. Um, look at that. But also, in the past, I set up a business in the e-cigarette niche. Now, I very quickly done keyword research and saw that there was hundreds of thousands of people looking for e-cigarettes. So I thought, oh, that's <laughs> going to be my niche. Now, went away, got a website built, started doing SEO. The, the orders started coming in, so that's when I start to take a business seriously when the orders start coming. We then looked at taking payments for those orders, and we found out that PayPal were the only people that would allow us to take payments because e-cigs, nicotine, and all that, the, our government do not want us taking payment for that stuff. I also found out <coughs> that you couldn't run Facebook ads or Google ads in the e-cigarette niche. And I found it very hard to get the business off the ground because there were so many restrictions when it came to payment and obviously online advertising. Now, for me to start a good SEO campaign, I've got to get traffic and clicks onto that website. I needed Facebook ads, I needed Google ads. To, to aid me to grow that business and scale the business. And I wasn't able to do it. So I threw the whole thing in the bin. Now, the lesson to be learned here is understand the whole business model before you dive in and do SEO and build a website. Because if you're going to be like me, who doesn't think about those things and jumps in two feet first and then figures that shit out, 
then you're going to lose a lot of money and a lot of time that you'll never be able to get back. So that's some mistakes that I've made uh, when starting online businesses. I've just not done the research properly, didn't understand, not necessarily the SEO side of it. Of course, I understand the SEO side of business, but understand the logistics and all the other stuff of the business before you make a decision to spend a lot of time, money and effort into diving into that niche because essentially I lost, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds worth of time and effort um, by not just sitting down for 10 minutes and saying, right, how do we take payments? Can we do this? Can we do that? Is there any red tape, any legal issues? Is there anything like that? Um, so do your full research before you do it. Now, what I'd say to anyone is you can pretty make pretty much make a business out of anything you want online. There's guys selling CBD oil, there's guys selling tables, there's guys selling gadgets, there's guys selling cakes. I mean, you literally can pick anything you want in the world from it, literally anything. Um, and that, that, you know, that includes drugs or anything, you know, people are, you can literally pick any business you want, but look into the legality side of it and uh, and look into, you know, everything else. You know, are you able to get lots of stock for that particular product? Is it going to be ongoing? All of these things because, again, I've dived into, years ago I dived into uh, Segway hoverboards niche. So I don't know if you guys know what they are, but the thing you stand on with the two wheels um, it was a big thing about five years ago. Um, we called it a Segway hoverboard. I don't know what you guys call it, but it was a thing that was out for like one Christmas. Now, basically, I made a website up for it and then found out that we couldn't get any stock of that particular product because everyone went crazy for it. So avoid those items or products that are uh, like fads if you like you know a thing for christmas or whatever um because i couldn't get stopped for that you could not no matter where you went in the world china or anything no one was making this stuff everyone was sold out so again i wasted a lot of time and money on something that was absolute garbage so yeah just bear, bear those things in mind and don't make the same mistakes that i've made because uh, that's what it's all about, trying to help you guys avoid the mistakes that I've made. Yeah, so uh, you guys, uh, before you start uh, doing online business, you need to understand the business first and as well as the SEO and have a business model before you jump in. And before we end, uh, what is the best way to reach out to you, Craig? Uh, how can our viewers connect with you? Um, the best way is probably through my website, which is craigcampbellseo.com. Um, you've got links to my YouTube, my Facebook, and all that on there. So from the website, you'll be able to find me on there. But uh, I'm trying to promote my YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube as well and you search for Craig Campbell SEO, make sure that you give me a, a subscribe and a like. There's a lot of different videos on a lot of different stuff on my YouTube channel. Um, so if anyone's looking to learn anything, go there as well. 
All right. So, Craig, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And, of course, for sharing your time with us. A lot of information and a lot of things to learn. We really love it. So, guys, uh, I hope you had a great time with Craig. Uh, that, uh, that was a great and very informative interview, right? So, uh, and I'm hoping you'll enjoy it and highly recommend you follow Craig's website. So, I added it below in the video and our YouTube channel for more updates and free marketing tip, uh, tips, you can go to YouTube, Craig Campbell SEO, so you can type it. And also don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more interviews and free SEO tips for your story. So goodbye and all right, uh, have a great weekend, Craig. Uh, take care and get yeah. back. See, see you later on. See you soon, uh, take care. Cheers.